Welcome to Heart Shaped Pod, a Nirvana fan podcast, with your hosts, Adam Todd Brown and Travis Clark. Hey, everybody. Welcome to an emergency episode of Heart Shaped Pod. I'm Adam Todd Brown. I'm Travis fucking Sad Clark. We got the sads today, man, because Tom Petty died. What the fuck? This might seem like a weird place to do a Tom Petty tribute episode, but uh, no, no, we're, we're gonna we're gonna tie it in. Uh huh. We totally can because even in our grief, we're goddamn professionals. We are so fucking professional. We are the most motherfucking professional motherfuckers. These cunts have no idea. Ding. <laughs> there it is. Uh, so yeah. I what a weekend. Mm. And that's yeah, I mean like honestly, Tom Petty dying was the best yeah, news. Yeah, it was yeah. the least, least I mean it was still bad. Yeah, it's still terrible. It's oddly the one thing I, I like shed genuine tears over, but it's also of the three to four things, huge things happening right now, yeah. it's uh probably the least on the lowest on the totem pole. But hey, this is a music podcast. Right, right, right. And, if we uh, were doing a Las Vegas podcast, we'd have a whole other topic. We sure would. Yeah. What a tragedy that was. Holy yeah. shit. And uh, Puerto Rico is still a thing, too. You see the oh, you mean the, the things that are going on yeah, there? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, otherwise, barely right. a thing. Where, I was going to say. We're hoping, we're hoping to turn that around right. and make it uh, more than barely a thing mm. again, because God damn it, those people need help, too. Yeah. You mean those American citizens? Yep. Oh, how weird. <laughs> those American citizens. Mm. Living in a land that is our responsibility. Right, and yet. And yet. Mm. they uh, The way they are being treated could not be more foreign. Like, it's a distant yeah. land that has no ties to us at all, and it's fucking horrifying. There's no way... <sighs> all right. <laughs> Welcome We're to... a music podcast. We're a music podcast. Right, Welcome right, to right. Grief Week on the Unpops <laughs> Podcast Network. <laughs> So that's Guys, what, are you sad? Pull up a tissue and let's all get together. This week's episode of Pretty Scary, which thankfully was just a subscription episode, was just me. We set out to do an episode about this really famous, uh, the Beverly Hills Supper Club fire, which is a huge tragedy that happened in Cincinnati. Okay. And that's why. Wait, wait, in Cincinnati? Yeah, I know. That's yeah. Confusing. When I saw it first, yeah. I, was, I was confused too. And uh, when then we wake up that morning. Uh, that made it sound like the pretty scary team just all woke up in you, bed together. Well, yeah, people don't know this. All of the different shows uh, cohabitate together. We, we do. We live together. We sleep together. We live in an incubator. Yeah, like we're a startup. <laughs> also, like literally an incubator. Like it's we're in <laughs> it's like, very small. Yeah, it's very small and and warm. And then uh, when you need a host, you take them out of cryogenic freeze <laughs> and you sit them down and then let it. You know, it's it's a lot like Alien. You yeah, know? you're just you're in a deep sleep until you're needed. Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> it's like those stories about people like Airbnb hosts you read about who like partition their one bedroom apart into 12 sleeping right. areas and rent them all out, which is brilliant. Yeah. Like, if I could put four studios in here and just have them all running concurrently well, and sure. charge people, why not? I'd be all for it. Why? I mean, yeah. We'd all have to stand. We could do Patreon B&B. We could just kind of combine <laughs> the two. Perfect. That's not a bad idea. It's not, uh, not awful. So, yeah, Tom Petty. That was on top of all the other news. I woke up... Uh, I, I guess the news came in around 8 or 9 a.m. at first. Yeah, and you're the first person who actually said anything to me. Yeah. Because I, I was so focused on all the Las Vegas stuff, and then I got a message from you, and I was like, oh, what's Adam want? And then you were like, Tom Petty. And I went, oh, no. I yeah. literally just saw him a week ago. Yes. He just did his uh, final three concerts at the Hollywood Bowl. And I and, and I'd never seen him live before ever. I'd never been a fan for. So forever. glad you got to see him. Me too, because yeah. it was. It's kind of been that weird trend lately where people who are iconic are not lasting much longer. Uh, yeah. So one of the reasons I went to see Iggy Pop when he was in town last year. Uh, it's one of the reasons I think my wife surprised me with tickets to Tom Petty. Not that we thought that this was going to be it. It's just like, hey, we've never seen this. Right. You know, I, she'd seen him. I'd never seen him before. We go to see him. Unbelievable concert. Unbelievable. Yes. Like, start to finish, 
engaging, funny. And this is the Hollywood Bowl, which is a massive audience. Yep. But even though I'm at, by the way, I should point out, did not have great seats. Uh, back of the bowl. Like, literally, I think I was the final row. Yeah. Um, felt like I was uh, hanging out with my buddy Tom. Like, felt like he was just singing them for us, you know? Yeah. And at no point was I thinking... Well, he's just going through the motions. This guy's got maybe a week tops, you know? Yeah. I would have never known. I would have never known this was, he was on his way up. Yeah, it was so sudden. Like, I get, I mean, I get that he's 66 years old. Which, so he's which is up not there, but that's not, it's, it's not old. I mean, it's, yeah. it's, it's not young. Yeah, you know? I was actually somehow less surprised when Prince died just because I, I had known a lot of, oh, they're like, the backstory and like mm. the Jehovah's Witness stuff, and I knew he had hip issues that he wasn't getting surgery on because of the Jehovah's Witness stuff. Wait, Jehovah's Witnesses are like Christian scientists? They do like they, they pray the pain away. Uh, they don't do blood transfusions. What? Yeah, and they're they're just, Jehovah's Witnesses in general are very skeptical of modern medicine, and because Prince was a Jehovah's Witness, he had he needed hip replacement in both hips. Because, I mean, he's a dancing machine. Right, but what did he think was going to happen? Uh, I think he thought he was just going to nurse that opioid habit for the rest of his oh, life. So they're okay with medication. They're not okay with blood. Yeah, that's their... what I can't, I can't suss out whether he that's was just... That's a weird one. Yeah. Whether he knew the, the one thing that he could uh, lie about and get away with. Because you can't lie and say, no, I didn't get a blood transfusion when I had my hips replaced. They'll know but that. But you can give yourself your own blood. They're against that even? I don't know. They may be. Yeah. Because it's... I, I had to have a couple uh, for some of my, I don't want to brag, but I've had some gnarly massive surgeries <laughs> um, for my back, and they make you give your own blood in case you need it so that it's if you have to take in a, you know, a pint of somebody else's blood, you can, yeah. but it's better to take your own. Right. So Yeah, yeah. I don't know. But- I like I knew all that about Prince and I had there's a book called uh The Rise and Fall of Prince which came out maybe 10 years ago and it's one of those unauthorized biography oh. type of things. So 10 years ago predict predict his fall? Well, he had well he his career has definitely had some ups and sure. downs. Like it really picked back up in the early 2000s with like musicology right. and shit like that. That's when he was done writing Slave on his face and right. trying to right. once he was, personally destroy Warner Brothers. And, yeah. yeah. He, once he was I don't know. Well Free? I mean that's when he went back to major labels so right. what the fuck do I know? <laughs> but he um, I, I had read all this and that, that book kind of uh, doesn't kind of it claims he had a massive cocaine problem in the 80s and that he's always had drug problems. Well, I mean, the 80s was a massive cocaine problem. I mean, that's yeah, just the 80s. Exactly. Yeah. And when I heard a week before Prince died, there were people saying that, uh, well, there was, his plane had to be stopped, like, make an emergency landing in Iowa or something. And they said it was exhaustion. Mm. And I was like, okay. And you then don't have I to were... get exhausted to get off the plane. You right. can be exhausted on a plane. Right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I feel like a Prince plane would have the facilities to rehydrate you and yeah. get you some rest. Sure. You have on a the plane. Purple, you know, chamber yeah. of big purple cryogenic yeah. <laughs> chamber that you bought. Hyper, the... Hyperbaric. I was going to say hyperbolic. Yeah. Hyperbolic chamber. Hyperbaric chamber. <laughs> bought it in the auction at Michael Jackson's estate yeah. and just painted it purple. And he's like, <laughs> just taking everything Michael did and did it better. It's kind of Prince's deal, man. <laughs> Prince did. Yeah. But, and then there were these stories about him like being seen hanging outside of Walgreens looking really fucking nervous and i was like oh prince is gonna die also prince doesn't go to walgreens yeah that's exactly. not a that's not a prince activity and then yeah a few days later prince died so i was like oh yeah that sucks but i didn't it, yeah i didn't see the writing on the wall for petty because apparently he had a pretty gnarly heroin habit back in the 90s which i just found out about not that long ago yeah, I didn't know that, but I also wasn't surprised because he looks like you said he's always he's perpetually been fifty years old. Yeah, he's been that age as long as I can remember. He's always kind of been a person who I'm surprised I haven't heard more about him having drug problems because there's never been a point when he didn't look like he was strung out on right. drugs. He's just got that he's got a drug face. It's a spindly man. Yeah, yeah, but it's just a heart attack apparently that killed him. I mean, I guess. We might find out that there you were know, drugs involved, but it seems like here's the thing about that. I don't want to know. It's not my business. Yeah, 
You know, it's like when um, when Carrie Fisher died, they're like, do you know what was in her system? No, I don't. Cause I don't fucking know Carrie Fisher and it's not my business. Like if. Yeah. Why do we become so obsessed with, well, you're a famous person, you're a public person. So everything that's ever entered your body is now also something I should know about. Right. Yeah. I mean, it'll it'll just be the curiosity of people wanting to know exactly how he died. His heart stopped. Yeah. Yeah. There we, we know. I mean, that that's the basics like <sighs> yeah so you wrote me and you said uh that he had been found unresponsive and taken to ucla and i i was just so confused by that like it was just such like i understood what it mean i'm not an idiot but right. um uh, it was like to have seen somebody you know, a week ago put on what was one of the best live performances i've seen a musician do um it's you know given that he's tom Pe- like it's not like he went I'm going to do, you know, yeah. Meshugana or something like he did <laughs> his stuff. And right. it was, you know, perfectly done. It was somebody who had been crafting their art for 40 years. Yeah. And it was at no point like, I don't know if you've seen Hall & Oates, but seeing Hall & Oates live is a bummer. I had tickets to see them at the bowl last year and couldn't go. Um, you know, did you want to hear Caribbean Muzak versions of Hall & Oates no, songs? Oh, no, that yeah. would have pissed me off. Yeah, it's a bummer. Yeah. And it's the, you know, Holland Oates do how they want to do their songs at you, and no one's enjoying it. Right. Whereas Tom Petty is, oh, fuck, cool. You guys all showed up and still like my songs. Awesome. Here's this song. Yeah. Also, here's a story about how I met the person in the band and makes a point to talk about everybody in the band. And it's funny and charming and disarming and engaging. And again, to do that on the level of talking to an, a giant theater full of, or a giant bowl full of people. Right. Uh, that's a skill in and of itself. And to have seen that and not been like, fuck, that dude's just clinging on, man. He should let yeah. go. He should be stopping. Never thought that. I never thought that. Yeah. That's the thing. He's always just been such a steady, constant presence in my life. He's always kind of looked the same. Yeah. His music has always been insanely consistent. I think that's the thing that will probably happen in the next few weeks or months is people like Tom Petty's been so ubiquitous and just always around. Like he's never really taken a long break. No. He's never like he's put out albums that aren't weren't his best albums. But there's maybe one or two Tom Petty albums that are just complete trash. And the rest are good to great to fucking amazing. Yeah. And he's one of those people who, let's say maybe you're like, I don't know. I know who Tom Petty is, but I'm not maybe a huge Tom Petty fan. Tom Petty is so omnipresent that you probably don't even realize how influential he is and how much you probably do know his catalog. Yeah. There's a reason, uh, you know, some musicians get sued a lot mm-hmm. uh, for plagiarism. Some probably would have if they'd lived longer. Sure. Uh, <laughs> that yeah. episode hasn't come <laughs> out yet. <laughs> All right. <laughs> Foreshadowing. But um, Tom Petty, there's a reason he sues people for stealing his songs consistently because it happens all the time because he's so influential, but he's just always been there. So it's just always like, oh, where did I hear that? I don't know. And then Sam Smith comes out with his biggest hit, and Tom Petty goes, hey, that's mine. Hey, uh, I, I don't know if you guys know. <laughs> <laughs> and even then, if you read like uh, Tom Petty's interview about the Sam Smith thing, he was like, look, man, it was just a studio accident. Yeah, I don't think he did it on purpose. Normally, yeah. someone will we'll catch, catch this. it yeah. before it gets out the door. This time it didn't. We never sued them. We just uh, said, hey, will you cut us in? That's a pretty big song. Right. And they did, and it was fine. And he's always been really cool about it. Yeah, here's the thing about Tom Petty also. For as long as he's been around, I haven't heard anybody say Tom Petty's the worst person. Right. I haven't heard. I've heard some people say, yes, he can be litigious. I've heard some people say, yeah, sometimes he's a little controlling. I've heard some people say he's very particular about things. And you go, yeah, guy who's been in show business his entire adult life, probably a little particular, probably yeah. trying to protect his own interest, probably at times is always professional and courteous to people. That you don't that's not a common thing. Yeah. That and the thing that's amazing to me about Tom Petty is that for a guy that could easily be written off as a rocker from the 70s. Right. has been contemporary his entire career. Yes. Absolutely. I just finished watching Handmaid's Tale. Um and not je- like a couple weeks ago. Sure. And not to give away what the story is, but American Girl 
is the final song that plays. Right. It's part of that. It fits into a dystopian future. Perfectly. Perfectly. Yeah. And it's still a thing. Tom Petty played Tom Petty in The Postman. <laughs> <laughs> That's right. <laughs> hey, man, you used to be famous. <laughs> Yeah, it's just and and you know with him just being around as much as he was, it just I it was so unexpected. Like Tom Petty's always been there. There's never right, and he's such an understated guy that even though he is influential, you almost you can end up taking him for granted because he's yes. he's always been there and he's always going to be there. And I I think that's what I I think him dying this quick and so you know unexpectedly even for his age i think or i at least hope it kind of compels people to go back and really dig into his catalog because like his greatest hits is maybe one third of his actual greatest hits. agreed yes he's got so many he's got so many hits but he's also got so many great album songs sure and even playback which is kind of his extended greatest hits it's five albums of greatest hits it's right. five discs of you also know this song, and right? You also know this song, and he's got like he's got a song called uh, "A Woman in Love," which the only reason it's not his biggest song ever is he wrote a song called "Stop Dragging My Heart Around," yeah, yeah, yeah. for Stevie Nicks, and ended up doing it as a duet. duet, yeah. And the record label released Stevie Nicks' record label, unbeknownst to Tom Petty, released that single the same weekend. That a woman oh. in love came out, and a woman in love tanked. But even that song, which most people don't know, my favorite Tom Petty song. It's so fucking amazing. He's just got such a vast catalog of work that I, I really do hope people go back and kind of dig into it. And yeah, and another thing too that you maybe not don't realize about Tom Petty is how much his songwriting can be written off as simplistic. Um, right, which is something he might have in common with uh, the late Cobain as well. Right. Um, there was a an album that came out in '94. I still have it. In fact, I was re-listening to it not that long ago. It's called "You Got Lucky," a tribute to Tom Petty. Yeah, and it is all of these at the time indie, no one knew bands, uh, indie label bands from the '90s performing his songs, and to hear how his work translates into other bands and even other genres of music shows the crafting that he had in yeah. his in his ability. Um and I okay, though if I'm going to ding Mr. Petty on one thing, I didn't love Peace in LA. We need Peace in LA. Didn't love it. Was that a that was a single he made in 24 hours during the LA riots. Yeah, that shit never pans out. Yeah, 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 yeah. Like whenever like I I always I feel like tribute songs in general are just really reactionary. Like did you ever hear Paul McCartney's 9/11 song? It's called Freedom. It's basically just Paul McCartney going freedom over and over and over. Yeah, I'm not. I'm already the, the description doesn't sound yeah. great, so I yeah. don't. No, I'm not into it. Yeah, yeah, and I and I mean Tom Petty had like anyone else. He has his the low points in his career musically. Well, I mean, he's he got an album yeah. called uh, Help. I can't get up or something like that, <laughs> which is I think the one album that most people agree is not his strongest. Just not a great album. Not your best work. But beyond that, like. You know the the she's the one soundtrack, which no one who the, even remembers the movie she's the is one. The one with, she's pretty when she takes the glasses off. Yep, <laughs> yep. That mid nineties. Nicole movie, Eggert, is that right? I think isn't it uh, Rachel Lee? Oh, is it Rachel Cook? Lee Cook? Oh, something like that. I gotta tell you, I just saw Rachel Lee Cook, and she is still adorable. Is she? Oh I my bet. God, yeah, she was cute always. as a bug's ear. You're cute, Rachel, oh, Lee, Rachel Cook. Lee Cook. I just went to the Josie and the Pussycats 17-year oh, really? thing, and um, uh, basically Letters to Cleo played the whole um, soundtrack live. Um, oh, nice. Uh, and then they showed the movie, and Rachel Lee Cook was there, and I was like, oh, right, I remember why I had such a crush on you. You're very attractive. Yeah, I just saw, I think it was Ben Folds at that same venue, because I remember looking Oh, the Alex the Theater? Oh, is that where it was? Yeah, that's where it was. I thought, I'm sorry, Ace Hotel. At the Ace, Ace Hotel. Hotel. Yeah, 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 yeah. Um, yeah, I saw Ben Folds there, and it was fantastic. But uh, I, yeah, I was confused by that, because Josie and the Pussycats aren't, they're not a real band. 
No, but Letters to Cleo is. Yes. And um, they were pretty much the Well, I get event. it now, Travis. Yeah, now you understand. Now I get it. Uh, but uh, so how do we tie this all together? How do we how do we get Petty and uh, and the Nirvana boys uh, talking? Real simple, because Dave Grohl almost joined Tom Petty in the Heartbreakers. What? Which, how interesting would that... Would it have been interesting? Because Tom Petty... Like, I could see Taylor Hawkins joining well, yeah. Tom Petty in the Heartbreakers. Taylor Hawkins was Taylor a Hawkins studio dude, yeah? is a studio drummer. Yeah. He was in fucking Alanis Morissette's band. Yep. Like, he does that kind of shit, but... He likes really short shorts. Man, does he? Boy, it's is he a yeah uncomfortable? Uh, it makes me yeah. But Dave Grohl did so much with the Foo Fighters. It would have been like Tom Petty could have found another drummer, and it, it would have I think probably robbed the world of a lot of uh, the good music Dave Grohl made. Interesting, and some of the shitty music he made. So you think in the world in the in the other timeline where Dave Grohl becomes a heartbreaker? Yeah, he just stays a heartbreaker. He doesn't do any other. Well, that's what I wonder if, because it seems like there's, we, we used a few different articles for kind of source material for this part of the podcast. In one of them, uh, I didn't even put in the notes, but it's a Rolling Stone article about the Dave Grohl. It's an interview with Dave Grohl. Uh, it's on rollingstone.com. And it's uh, him talking about, it's right when they, they did the interview, right when the Foo Fighters were kind of starting out. Mm. And it's about the time between when Kurt Cobain died and Nirvana ended and when he decided to start the Foo Fighters. But he, if I remember the Dave Grohl timeline, he was messing around with what would become Foo Fighters-ish material when Nirvana was still together and Cobain was still alive. Right. Yeah. Right. He had, I think the... The number I've heard is something like 25 to 30 songs that he had written up to that point. And he also did some covers, like, We're the kids in America! Yeah, oh! yeah. You know, he would do a... But he, it seemed, in at least in reading that interview, you get the sense that he wasn't sure if he was going to go out and start a band and be a front man, or if he was just going to be... The drummer. Fuck, we are talking about a really a young Dave Grohl. <laughs> I have Super to keep keeping young. that in mind. Yeah, you're just a rock and roll professional at this point. You're like, what's my next job? Right. And and I don't know how old he would have been at the because he was twenty five? Yeah, he was younger yeah. than Kurt, right? Let's see, he's like what, forty nine now? So yeah, he's like a year or two younger than yeah. Kurt would have so been. So he would have yeah. been, you know, twenty four, twenty five. That's a heavy fu- oh, he was twenty six. I forgot. There's a quote we'll get to where he says he was twenty six and you know, he had to decide if that's what he wanted the rest of his career to be. Yeah, I mean, also too at, at twenty six, where it's like you're you're an established backline guy. Yeah, you kind of go, well, fucking getting out from behind the kid's scary. That's a, right. that's a that's a big choice to make because now if the whole thing falls apart, I'm the focus. I'm not just the guy who's like, hey man, it's just a job. Right. I'm just showing up and doing the work. You yeah. Know? So the way it happened. Uh, Kurt Cobain wasn't the only major loss of 1994. Oh, who else did we lose? The Heartbreakers also lost their drummer, Stan Lynch. Oh, yeah. It was I mean, when, he didn't die. He just quit. Right. Yeah. But uh, when I saw um, when I saw Tom Petty, he talked about the whoever the drummer is now. Uh, apologies for not remembering his name. They, he jokes. He's like, we still call him the new guy, even though he's been in the band for 25 years. Uh, it's a yeah, yeah. black guy, right? Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah <laughs> he's yeah, been yeah. in the band ever since. That's probably, probably yeah. why yeah. I don't know his name, because right. every time I see Tom Petty, he goes, the new guy. Yeah. Yeah. But, <laughs> uh, yeah. So this would have been the period right before the new guy joined, and who's a fantastic drummer, by the way. Yes. Um, and uh, so they were looking for a drummer for specifically this performance they had planned for SNL. Because this is around the time the Wildflowers album was coming out. So he this this old drummer quit right before they had a TV gig. Uh, yes. So he's not a musician anymore. He's got to be done. That's like cardinal sin shit. I think so. Or he might. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know ex- whatever happened with Stan Lynch. Because oh, mean, Stan Lynch was the drummer. Yeah, I have no idea who that is. <laughs> I just know he was the drummer in the Heartbreakers for a lot of years. Yeah, and until he was like, fuck this, fuck Fuck you, fuck you, Lord Michaels, (laughs) fuck you, Tom Petty. You know, I think what might have caused some of it is this album that Tom Petty was performing on SNL behind was actually a Tom Petty solo album 
Oh, that he he did. roped in some heartbreakers to be the. And actually, I think I remember this story from. Uh, if you've never seen it, there is a roughly six-hour Tom Petty documentary on what? Netflix. Oh, that is fucking settle in for an afternoon or a morning or a night and just watch that shit front to back. It is. Is it one six-hour thing? It or is, is it one. Six hour thing, so, so it's not three to... two hour episodes. Nope. It's not. Wow. It uh, it was part of a box set that he put out a while back, and they released this documentary with it, and it's amazing. If nothing else, you learn that there's hurricanes in England sometimes. What? Yeah, he he at one point is in England, and a fucking hurricane hits, and he and his family have to hole up in George Harrison's house. I feel like in England they'd be called something else. Oh, the wi- hurricanes! The, wind- <laughs> the windy spindly is here. <laughs> But uh, yeah, in that documentary, um, they talk about the Wildflowers album, and I swear that's why Stan Lynch left because Tom Petty makes this album that sounds like a Heartbreakers album, and Without- it's got <laughs> well, no, he he had like Ben Montench is on it, like all the Heartbreakers are on it, but he made it a solo record. But he made it a solo record, and that's the album that's got uh, you don't know how it feels. Oh right! Uh, that's that's the big single the big hit off from of that album. What year is this? Ninety three, ninety four, ninety four. Around the time when the band The Wallflowers is also active. Yeah, well, Wildflowers. Is oh, the name Wildflowers! Yeah, 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 Wild. Yeah. I thought you said Wall. And I was like, poor Jacob Dylan, just can't <laughs> catch a break. <laughs> I, he was just at the Wallflowers did a free show at Pershing Square in downtown L.A. I didn't go. And by that, you mean they were like, we're playing. Yeah. Hey, guys. <laughs> they were just busking. Remember for, us? <laughs> for change. <laughs> <laughs> Literally the Pershing Square stop off of the, <laughs> off of the metro. So the, uh, with, with no drummer, Tom Petty decides to do the only logical thing that mid-90s Tom Petty would do. Mm-hmm. He asked the 26-year-old drummer from Nirvana right. if he wants to fill in. This is a quote from Dave Grohl. Someone from my management calls and says, hey, Tom Petty just called, wants to know if you'll play drums with him on Saturday Night Live. And I'm like, what the fuck is he calling me for? He couldn't find a good drummer? (laughs) I said, of course I'll do it. No question I'll do it. It was the first time that I'd really looked forward to playing the drums since Nirvana ended. Hey, Dave, I really loved your playing on Moist (laughs) Vagina. I was wondering if you wanted to come play on this new record. (laughs) <laughs> i hope that's what it is i really hope so too they played two songs let's listen to one of them maybe we'll listen to them both they played you don't know how it feels which is uh i mean one of the more famous tom petty songs sure now. and the heartbreakers is that john Turturro hosting john Turturro on the ones and twos was he promoting barton fink what was he probably <laughs> right and even, I mean, just right off the bat, that's a Grohl. Yeah, you beat, can tell beat, that's yeah. Dave Grohl on drums. I would also argue you could uh, you could say that Tom Petty was the rock and roll Cobain before Cobain, and Cobain was the grunge Tom Petty. Yeah, that's accurate. Look at him. He's so growly. He's just growling in the background. Yeah, he is. Okay, it just paused on. It paused on me yeah, because I, mean, I said growly. It's not a. It's not a bad. Yeah, you yeah. can't say growly without yeah, technology shutting down. Yeah, for yeah, sure. Yeah. That bass player Howie Epstein would eventually go on to die of a heroin overdose. Oh, and was uh, replaced by the bass player they kicked out to bring him into the band. Or I think he just. <laughs> what? So the guy. He I think re- the guy maybe just left the band, and then so they hired some heroin guy. Heroin guy died. Hey, you want to come back? He's like, ah, fine. Turns out that uh, spot's open again. <laughs> I uh, read a thing with uh, an interview with Tom Petty once, and you can actually hear it after you uh, hear him explain it this way. But he said he wrote this song as like a Neil Young. Oh, yes. Like it's just a bunch of elements from Neil Young's songs thrown sure. together. Which, God love him, that's the difference. That's that's how influences work. Like this is him saying, uh, oh, this, here's this maybe this is kind of what this bass line sounded like right. in this. And Neil Young does this. And let's throw in let a me, little harmonica. Let me publicly yeah. acknowledge what yeah. I'm doing. 
And then you hear it and you go, oh, fuck, yeah, that does sound like a Neil Young song. But you know what? Until you said that, I would have never. Right. I, I, but now that you say it, I'm like, yep, that's what that is. Yeah. Also, too, this is. There's so much cool live instrumentation in this that yes. you just don't hear anymore. Everything now, if this were a new band playing this, would be a fucking sound bank in something. You wouldn't have the beat. Yeah, uh, the, I mean, there's fucking yeah. eight people on stage or something. Yeah. There's at least three guitar players that I saw. At least yeah, three. Yeah, there's three guitar players. Uh... And I think one of them is also running over to fill in on keys every yeah. once in a while. I, but I think that's actually a B3 being played, right? Oh, a big right, organ, yeah, yeah. right? And Dave Grohl is playing his kit from Nirvana. Yeah, yeah, for He's sure. He's playing his Nirvana kit. So this isn't a song that he recorded with them, right? This song already right. existed, so he had to learn this part. Right. We wouldn't go back and listen to the studio version of this, and it's Dave Grohl as a heartbreaker. No. Or Dave Grohl as a not-quite-yet-heart... Wait, what's going on here, then? So this is the Heartbreakers playing with him, but it's not Tom Petty and the Heartbreakers. This... I think he... the I think the... God, this is hard. But I'm pretty sure he still wanted to tour as Tom Petty and the Heartbreakers and still like play Heartbreakers songs, but, but he not also put out a record with them. Wanted to put out a solo album, and I mean, am I thinking of the wrong album? Let me check. But I'm pretty sure this is the one that is a solo album. Yeah, Wildflowers. Tom I mean, Full Moon Petty Fever album. was also also a solo yeah. album. Yeah. But even on that one, there's a bunch. The Heartbreakers are all over it. But yeah, playing live here, this is the whole shebang. And there's, uh, if you go out and search, I mean, just Google Tom Petty, Dave Grohl. There's still like, you can find all the promotional photos and like. Uh oh, promo photos. And Dave Grohl's in them. It says Tom all Petty right. and Heartbreakers, and Dave Grohl's. But you know. We've heard other stories on this podcast where promo photos don't end well for the drummer. Exactly. Maybe it was the same thing. Maybe Dave, maybe Tom Petty was getting revenge for a drummer friend of his that that happened to. Maybe, he's maybe he was with, friends with the guy from Mudhoney. He's friends he with like, Dan Peters. Dan Peters, yeah. Depending on when this comes out, that's either foreshadowing or a reference to yeah. last week's episode. Or you're episode. going, I don't know what that what do you, means. What do you what mean? You we haven't about? heard this yeah. story. Dan Peters sounds great. I don't Oh, who, those are the wrong notes. You want to tar- start talking about a fire? Sure. Um... Sometimes I find it's very hot. It is. Hot, you know, very hot. Fires, yeah. Now this this performance I think is an even more again, Dave Grohl Tom thing. And the Video of it has uh since vanished. Oh, so this is just a still? Yeah. And it's a weird still. Just the audio. It's so weird I almost don't want to look at it. Okay, I'm with you on that. Yeah. But listen to Dave on this. What's happening? This is a cool... See, this is one of those Tom Petty songs that most people have never heard in their fucking life, and it's such a cool song. It's a gritty Tom Petty. Yeah, it is. Tom Gritty. Yeah. And this is off the same record? Yeah, this is off Wildflowers, which I think was produced by Rick Rubin. Is that... Uh, That would make sense. Yep. Producer Rick Rubin and Tom Petty and Mike Campbell, who is in The Heartbreakers. Guitar player, right? Yeah, yeah. How fucking cool is this song? It's uh not what I was expecting from a Tom. I don't know it's this a song. Banger yeah. for a Tom Petty song. I mean, this is why you want Dave Grohl on the yeah. on the song. It fits in with the. And Grohl. I imagine that, to their credit, because this was never a single. I wonder if they played this song because because you got they Grohl? had Dave yeah. Grohl sitting in. Because he definitely fucking brings something to it. Yeah, I mean, he's such a heavy hitter. Yeah. And he's got such a thud to his yeah. playing. Were you asking me, were you the one asking me if Dave Grohl was considered a good drummer? Uh, maybe. I don't know. Because somebody recently asked me that, and I was like, I think he's one of the... I do, too. Yeah. But whenever you say that to a drummer... They're always like, eh, he's okay. Tell that to his bank account. Yeah. Tell that to his uh, platinum records. Yeah. Tell that to his multiple platinum records for multiple different projects. And there's a reason people pay him specifically to play drums. Sure. And it's not because 
And even if you're like, oh, he just hits the drums hard. Well, you hit the drums hard then, motherfucker. Right. You do what Dave Grohl does. Like, it's that fucking simple. This is a cool fucking song. I like it. Yeah, and I mean, the studio version is cool, too. There's just no Dave on it. It's But it, having not heard it, unless the, the drummer is doing... Right, yeah. It's some kind of, like, thump, 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 crack. Like, yeah. we're not... It's a drum. That's a drum-heavy album, anyway. Wildflowers. It had Rick Rubin producing. Rick Rubin's an interesting producer. He is. Interesting dude. He does interesting... Did you ever hear his Neil Diamond album that he produced? No. It's called 12 Songs. It's really great. He did kind of the same thing with Neil Diamond that he did with Johnny Cash, but only, I think they've only done two albums, but he just, uh, bare bones, got him in the studio and was like, here, play guitar and accompany yourself in the studio for the first time in your career. Wow. He had never played and sung in the studio, and Rick Rubin was like, do that. Do that and it's so fucking great it's amazing he's got a song called hell yeah well now that's that's you gonna be my homework when we're done here. you see him play that live well, that and this album this sounds yeah, yeah 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 i gotta say when i saw him you know again like a week ago this was not on the playlist yeah like, yeah yeah i have to think that they maybe played this just because you got this dave is the Grohl. perfect yeah. song to play if you have dave Grohl behind the drums. I also want to point out, here's another thing that I, I miss about Tom Petty already. Again, you could argue that these songs are seemingly, the verse and the chorus aren't that different, and you could argue that's relatively simple. Right. I'm not really a songwriter, so I wouldn't make that argument, but I've heard people say that. How he performs these songs live, they're immaculate. They're yeah. perfect. You can even hear it in this. Yeah. Yeah. It's unbelievable. So to sit there and to hear a band sound like they do on the record, or when I saw them, to sound even better, and to not have to have have eight to twelve people on stage, and to have everybody clearly heard and know when to like push yeah. and pull each other, that's some of that is petty. Some of that's also just knowing who the right people to have with him are. Right, and chemistry. Like chemistry, they've been together sure. as a band for forty fucking years. Yeah. You should you should probably know how to. How to play with That's the thing about them too, or, or just about Tom Petty and the Heartbreakers in general, is they've always been such an easy band to like. There's never been a moment where you're like, oh, I mean, yeah, Tom Petty's great, but they did that thing. These other guys. Yeah. And like, they've always, like, when they were fighting as a band, they would just kind of like keep it to themselves and it didn't get like, like, I love Oasis, but. Boy, did they not keep it to themselves. Yeah, saying you're an Oasis fan sometimes borders on embarrassing. People are like, you like those fucking idiots? But with Tom Petty, they're like, oh, yeah, Tom Petty. Because you just never, it's always mostly just been music with him. Mm -hmm. It's been his music and then doing music with fucking George Harrison. The Traveling Wilburys album yeah. was so fucking great. I heard, I just found out there's two Traveling Wilburys albums. Yeah, the second one is called Volume 3. <laughs> <laughs> you guys. You're silly. But there's no Roy Orbison on the second Who one. Who are we down to from the Wilburys? We still have Jeff Lynn, right? And that's it. Yeah, Roy Orbison, George Harrison. No, Bob Dylan's still alive. Oh. <laughs> Bob Dylan's still making pretty cool music, too. Is he? Yeah, he's... He's one of the few people who went the, uh, I'm going to do an album with standards now. Right. Like Rod Stewart, you know, is making all these like American songbook shit. Right. Yeah. Bob Dylan did that. He's done it. I think he, he just put out a triple album of American standards and it's so fucking cool. Does he still have that weird mustache? That He's got the mustache. He's still got the, the, like his voice changed dramatically. Oh, sure. Yeah. Around the, the late 90s and he's still got that voice but the music is just so atmospheric Interesting. and weird yeah because it was weird when he started having that like john waters mustache i was like what what's going on what's going on with dylan yeah but i mean he really reinvented himself uh, around around 2000 like he just kind of kick-started his career again after fucking vanishing and uh yeah so bob dylan he's still alive dylan Dylan and Jeff Lynn mm. are the Wilburys. The remaining Wilburys. The remaining Wilburys. <laughs> they should, they Wilburys. should make one record called the, the Remaining Wilburys. The Stationary Wilburys. 
They are not going anywhere as a group. <laughs> the, if it's not more than 20 miles from here, Wilburys. <laughs> <laughs> so this is uh, another quote from Dave Grohl. Davey G. Which, uh, Travis can confirm this. Okay. Uh, Google Docs wants me to make this close. One word? No. No. That's no. not one word. I mean, yes, it does want you to do that, but no, but no. that's not a word. Yeah, like yeah. spell check is going to lose me jobs. Jesus Christ. Uh, this is a quote from Dave Grohl. I was this close to joining. It was so much fun. I was really scared. I was most afraid that they had watched Unplugged and decided to get me from seeing that, which that part confused me at first because I was like, you were great on Unplugged. But then I realized quiet. he was playing yeah, so different to, yeah, and yeah, quiet. Yeah, yeah. Uh but when we rehearsed, they treated me like I was in the band. It was such an honor, but I figured that I was 26 years old and didn't want to become a drummer for hire at the age of 26, which, good point. And, uh, well, I mean, yeah, because that's, you kind of, the next thing you know, you're 36 and you've been doing that for 10 years. and you go, Right. And then you put an album out and right. people are like, the drummer from Tom Petty the and the Heartbreakers? Wait, wasn't that guy in, what was that band he used to be in? He was in Nirvana, right? Nirvana? No, yeah. that doesn't sound right. Strike while the iron's hot, buddy. Yeah, this isn't what, the time to go putting out an album. I don't know about what you're doing there, dude. Yeah. So Dave probably made the right decision, well, although being in the Heartbreakers would have been cool because Tom Petty was the fucking best. But I wonder then, here, here's, here's where we get to play alternate history. How much of the band does he become? Is he just a drummer? Does he start song? I mean, because... Whatever your opinion of Dave Grohl is, he's definitely written some major hits. Oh, yeah. Uh, so does he start trying to songwrite with Tom? Do they start doing, uh, is he doing the little backing vocal things like he did for Nirvana? Like, Yeah. He would have brought an interesting element it would to have the band. Been a, yeah. There's a, there's a Heavy.com article if anyone wants to explore that question more appropriately enough. The article's called, What If Dave Grohl Had Joined Tom Petty and the Heartbreakers? Oh, well, that's, that's pretty on the nose. Yeah. I mean, uh, it's, uh, it's not even clickbait. That's just a straight-up question. That is an yeah. informative, accurate title. Yeah. And it runs through kind of both of their trajectories, their career trajectories from that point, and how they would have lined up and how that might have impacted each of their careers. And it's really interesting. And uh, also check out that... Uh, rolling stone interview that i forgot to put the link to but you'll find it just go to rolling stone and search dave grohl foo fighters yeah it is interesting man it's interesting when the member of a band like dave grohl like dave grohl was just the drummer of nirvana right before right before we got the foo fighters he's just the drummer and because of that when you watch old nirvana videos they mostly are focusing on the front man yeah they're mostly focusing on who they're considering is the most, you know, f- front of the band. It's weird when somebody in the band surpasses the fame of, yeah. <laughs> of that, and then you go like, oh, my God, look, they're in the background there. Like, yeah. Josh Homme uh, of Queens of the Stone Age was a member of Screaming Trees for a while, and yeah. he was, like, playing guitar. But, like, you, if you can find the videos, but mostly they have no idea who the tall redheaded kid is. No one knew who Caius was. Yeah. I mean, well, they did, but not, not enough people to focus on that. So you're watching the other, you know, the Van, the, the Connor brothers roll around in the dirt and the tall guy who would go on to be much bigger than that band, but nobody knew about it. Same yeah. kind of thing with Grohl. Even in that video, like they're kind of making a point to show him, but it's not. Right. They weren't like, oh my God, look who we got. You know, it yeah. was, it, it yeah. was just the drummer. Right. Interesting. There's a really fun example of that if you ever uh, uh, go out and watch the video for The Humpty Dance by Digital Underground. Oh, I know where this is going. You will see Tupac, Tupac Shakur doing the Humpty Hump in the background uh-huh. as a backup dancer for Digital Underground. Sure was. That was his first. Yeah. Wasn't. Uh... Same song by them as the first song he ever appeared on. Right. Yeah. And he was just. Which is from the Transylvania 65000 soundtrack sure, or something like Jeff that. Jeff Goldblum classic. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, you know what? I can tie that into Tom Petty. Let's do I it. I can tie that into <laughs> Tom Petty right now. When Gary Shandling had It's Gary Shandling Show, he had Jeff Goldblum on as uh, a guest. So if you've never seen It's Gary Shandling Show, it's not really a musical show, but you should look at it. It was very ahead of its time. Yeah. The premise is Gary Shandling knew he was on a sitcom and everyone else thought he, they, he was suffering from a delusion. So he would talk to camera and everyone would go, who are you talking to? He'd say the cameras and no one, no one knew there was cameras. Right. 
So he came over and they were playing win, loser, draw over at uh, his neighbor's house. And he goes, oh, my God, will you please come and meet um, my other neighbor's kid? He's a huge fan of yours. He's seen – he just starts naming all these gold blue movies. He's seen The Fly. He's seen this. He's seen that. He's seen almost all of Transylvania 6 <laughs> And Jeff Glowen goes, oh, that's a big fan. So – also, I don't know if it was the same episode, but I think it was the same season. Tom Petty was a guest on oh. It's Gary, Gary Shandling Show. And Gary Shandling was freaking out on a plane and saying, like, there's someone on the wing. And Tom Petty, Tom Petty was an unbelievably funny performer in this yeah. episode. He just was going, you know, Gary, I've seen all of the Twilight Zones. It's, not, <laughs> it's a weird thing you're doing. <laughs> <laughs> nice. So, uh, both Tom Petty. And uh, Jeff Goldblum end up on an episode of uh, It's Gary Shandling Show. Goddamn right they and do. Transylvania 6 5000. It's what ties that all together. <laughs> we did it. Did it. All right. So that's our tribute to Tom Petty. I don't know m- how much of a tribute it was. We, just well, want- we need to talk about it, man. We just really was, wanted to talk yeah. about Tom Petty because it was sad. And he's just a great, great influence. And he's not exactly... Uh, doesn't fall exactly into the little grunge period that we're talking about, but he's uh, forced to be reckoned with and somebody who deserves uh, continued accolades. So if you're just kind of familiar with Tom Petty, jump in deeper. It's worth it. Yeah. Check out Tom Petty. Uh, uh, and rest in peace, Tom Petty. Yeah. God damn it. It's so sad. You know, I, 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 hate, to, I hate to do it's this. Like- I hate to do it, but there was part of me that thought... He's such a like, you know, because look, he, he's been in the Heartbreakers. He's been a successful performer for 40 years. Yeah. Almost his entire life. Even his death was kind of encore-ish where it was like he yeah, left. Is he and really it was dead? like, oh, is he bad? He's, he might be coming back. He might be coming back yeah. out. Like it was just that kind of like there was some showmanship even to his passing. Yeah. Unintentional, but it was still there. Yeah. And it's just such a such a shock still because he like... You know, he's like we've said, he's always kind of looked the same. He's always been so consistent. He's always been there. And it's like when you lose something like that, you don't really realize the impact until at like it would be like losing Tom Petty to me is like it's like losing fucking mustard or something. Right. It's like what the fuck am I going to put on my burger and my hot dogs? Now? Like it's yeah. not your primary condiment under any circumstance, but it's necessary, but it's always great. It's always consistent. It's always there. And if you woke up one day and people were like, hey, bad news, no more mustard. You'd be like, oh, oh, but I like mustard. I don't want to eat hot yeah. dogs anymore right. because the uh. so it's it's just it's hard to lose that kind of presence in the world. And uh, another another point to to bring in maybe a little more contemporary, even though they're they've been around for a while. Also, the Strokes' big hit uh, last night, yeah, is an admitted repurposing of American Girl. Yeah, it yeah. is. They were enormous Tom Petty fans, and once you hear that, if you play those two songs, you you hear it. It's the same. It's the they yeah. do a different vocal melody, but the ding 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 ding. It's the same. Also, the Red Hot Chili Pepper song "Danny California" is. Uh, eerily similar to Last Dance with Mary Jane, and there's a scene in that video where they recreate uh, Nirvana Unplugged. Like, what? <laughs> have you never seen that video? I, I've been a very long time. The video... Is that the they're also in a video game? Well, no, the video is them... Uh, it cuts to all these different scenes of them basically cosplaying as different bands. Like, at one point, they're oh the my... Misfits. No, wait. I thought that's what... Um, uh... Sugar Ray did with one of their songs. They might have, but the Red Hot Chili Peppers did it with the Danny California. It's, yeah, and each one of them is imagining a different version of the band, right? I think something like I that. don't know. I don't no, know. That, that might part. be the Sugar Ray version. I swear to God, they both yeah. had songs around the same time that did the exact same trope. Yeah, yeah. In the in the Red Hot Chili Peppers version, it just with each verse they're a different. Mm. Uh, and then at one point, one of the verses they are Nirvana during Nirvana Unplugged. And uh, at the one of the lines in that song, he he says "gone too fast," and they that's during the Nirvana part, and they cl- do a tight close up of a candle, and then the candle goes out, and uh, it was like because you can tell the Red Hot Chili Peppers fucking loved Kurt Cobain. Did Anthony, they? Anthony Kiedis talks about him in song all the time. He he mentions him in Californication. There, uh, they do that tribute to him in the Danny California video. 
Weird. Yeah. They toured together. Like there's a there's a version, there's a live version of Smells Like Teen Spirit that circulated as a bootleg where No. Don't tell me it's Anthony Kiedis doing it. Oh no, it this okay. is, this is actually cool. The the that part yeah. is flea on trumpet. Because they they're at one point Nirvana, Pearl Jam, and the Red Hot Chili Peppers toured together. What? You don't yeah, that was like That's right a strange after, combo. Well, they were the three big bands. It was like the Monsters of Rock tour, basically. They were the three huge bands in the early nineties. And uh yeah, I mean I don't think they liked I don't think they liked the Red Hot Chili Peppers no, that, well, that much. But right. you can tell the at least Anthony Kiedis really liked Kurt Cobain. That's so weird. And Tom Petty, because Danny California sounds uh exactly like Last Dance for Mary Jane or Last Dance with Mary Jane and there's a Nirvana reference in it. So there, we tied it together again. Good. God damn it, we're good at this. So good. How do we do it, Travis? Um, you know, it just comes naturally. It really did this it's, time. Yeah, it's just... It's just. We had about eight paragraphs of notes mm-hmm. and way more paragraphs of feelings. Uh-huh. Oh, man, I can't even put all my feelings into a paragraph. This was good, though, because I, I was legit... Like I, There's an episode of Pretty Scary this week where I cry mm-hmm. when I start trying to talk about Tom Petty. Yeah, I mean, uh, I'm... I'm still trying to deal with him being gone, and um, I'm just thankful. I'm really thankful I got to see him perform. Yeah, live yeah. Because, I got to see him twice. So yeah. So uh, if I hadn't, I think that would have been really, really hard because he is somebody I've been a fan of for an enormous amount of time. And uh, as I was telling you before we started, I saw Tom Petty and the Foo Fighters on back to back nights. I'm actually going to go see the Foo Fighters uh, Saturday. So oh, nice. I'm Where at? Here at the Cal Jam. Uh, festival. Oh, cool! Uh, I have to keep making sure I enunciate that because people keep thinking I'm saying cow jam. Cow jam. Yeah, I'm going to cow jam. Check out Travis at Cow Jam. I'll be at Cow oh, Jam tipping cows. Opening for the Foo Fighters. Yeah, is that correct? You're that opening is, uh, for the 100% Foo Fighters. Correct. Okay, cool. Absolutely correct. All right, we should get out of here. We should. Uh, thank you for uh listening to us mourn the loss of Tom Petty. Tom Petty, you were fucking fantastic, dude. Thank you, you for all you gave us. Goddamn great. All right, let's get the fuck out of here. Travis, say goodbye. 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 Rest in peace, Tom Petty. We love you. <laughs>